1: Welcome to Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Together for Good exists to recognize and uplift the many people working together for the good of San Antonio and the surrounding communities. Now here's the host of Together for Good, Cody Knowlton.
2: Well, welcome back, everybody, to Together for Good. Together for Good is being brought to you by the Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio. Baptist Health Foundation exists to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Baptist heritage by providing needed funds for health-related programs at area nonprofits and churches. And again, we are just so grateful to be with you all again uh, this day. We've got a wonderful program ahead for you. So in January of this year, the South Alamo Regional Alliance for the Homeless conducted Conducted what is called a point-in-time count of sheltered and unsheltered people in San Antonio. The results of that count identified 3,155 individuals who were currently experiencing homelessness. As members of a community, we often know about the unsheltered because they are visible in our parks and under our bridges. But we often don't know the why or the how of their situation and what is being done by organizations to help. Here to tell us a little bit about that today is a good friend, Nakisha Baker, who we've known for many years, and she is the president and CEO of Sam Ministries, otherwise known as San Antonio Metropolitan Ministries. Uh, Baptist Health Foundation has been connected to Sam Ministries since 05. I went back and looked, Nikisha and we have uh, been connected to y'all and partnering with y'all mm-hmm. for, for many years. So Nakisha actually joined Sam uh, as a volunteer. So what a I wonderful did. way to get into nonprofit work. Uh, and I've known so many people, just like that, that started off Mm -hmm. volunteering and next thing you know, they're they're on the payroll. They love it. They love it. Yep. Uh, so, Nakisha has now served the organization uh, for almost eight years in a variety of roles, one of which was fundraising. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, you don't do any fundraising now. That's that's for somebody else to work on, right? Mm.
1: Uh, I wish it was that easy. No.
2: <laughs> she is actively involved in fundraising. So, anyway, her, her background is, is in uh, nonprofit development, so she knows all about how to bring in the resources. So, Nakisha, glad you're with us today. Thank you for taking time to come visit with us us and uh, talk about our topic today, which is the unsheltered, uh, the folks that need help. And so can you provide uh, an overview of homelessness in San Antonio? Let's just kind of start big picture.
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, so in, in reference to the point in time count, the results were just released um, last month. Uh, we've seen what is a small increase in homelessness overall. So about 5% increase from year to year uh, in terms of those experiencing homelessness. And on the the large scale, that is minor compared to our population growth, which is upwards of 10 to 15% year over year. Um, But one of the most concerning things that has come out of this year's point in time count is a significant increase in unsheltered families. So families who are actively experiencing homelessness, we've seen more than a 20% increase in that number. Uh, the- the total count of those families is around 285 so it may not seem like a lot when you think about our local population but when you think about families and children and the challenges that families have when they are experiencing homelessness that are exacerbated by food insecurity and how are children going to get back and forth to school and um, how are they going to progress academically that is one of the most significant struggles that I think we as a community face um, another uh, what we call call face of homelessness locally really is the person that you might see under the bridge living in the park um, those individuals who are asking for money or water at the corner who are panhandling while we have seen a decrease in unsheltered homelessness for chronic individuals, um, that means they're going into shelter. We haven't actually moved them out of shelter. And we've seen some great advancements in the community around the housing bond and some others that are going to help those individuals get into permanent housing for the long term. But in the short term, we're still seeing some of those challenges and struggles here locally.
2: Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit more about those specific challenges. You mentioned housing, and I know there's a huge effort, and and y'all are the recipients of that uh, citywide, countywide. But what other you know challenges are individuals and families uh, experiencing that maybe you know many of us are just not aware of
1: sure I think uh, San Antonio is really a working community and so we have approximately 50 percent of our local households who are what we consider paycheck to paycheck they are working poor so 18 percent are living at or below the federal poverty level and another 33 percent are working they're just not earning a living wage so
2: they're about one paycheck away from being homeless (laughs) they
1: are and that is kind of what we are referring to Um, over the last several years in the city we've done some significant studies some of which show that about 95,000 local households are cost burdened when it comes to housing and so what does that mean it means that they're using more than 30% of their income towards their housing cost and we know that that's the number right 30% um, is the threshold and any more than that can put a family or household at strain
2: yeah that's right Um, What are some of the services and programs that you guys do that provide, you know, help Uh, to address homelessness in San Antonio.
1: Sam Ministries operates across the continuum of care for housing services, um, providing everything from street outreach to engage those who are unsheltered living on the street and help them with their basic needs. So food and water, clothing, connecting them to resources that may help them get off the street. Uh, One of the most recent pieces of our street outreach component is the opening of our YAS Center, which is now just a little more than a year old, but it is Young Adult Stability and support. And so it is a drop-in resource specifically for 18 to 24-year-olds who are experiencing homelessness. They can come in, get a shower, wash their clothes, get two warm meals a day, lunch and dinner, connect to resources, engage in education curriculum or life skills classes, hopefully on their pathway to permanent housing. Um, Beyond the outreach efforts, we have uh, Homeless Prevention, which is designed to keep families and individuals safely and stably housed. Uh, We believe that one single upstream intervention, $1,500 typically on average per household, can keep a family safely or stably housed, whereas it costs us upwards of twenty-five dollars to $40,000 a year if they become homeless. So why not um, save on both the cost effectiveness, but also the human cost, right? Um, we save so much when we keep families in their homes. Uh, beyond that, we provide longer-term housing programs, including uh, rapid rehousing and transitional housing. Um, one of the the, the facilities that may be most familiar to the listening audience is our Transitional Living and Learning Center on Blanco Road. It's been operating for 23 years here in San Antonio and serves families who are experiencing homelessness, and they can live with us for up to two years while they work to overcome self-sufficiency. On the long-term side is, of course, permanent supportive housing, and there's lots of talk in the community about what that means. Um, but it is really designed to serve individuals who may not ever be able to hold down a full-time job, whether that's a severe physical health disability or mental health disability. Um, they are going to need assistance to be self-sufficient. But if we provide housing and we provide supportive services that can get them off the street, um, that's better for them and for our community and its emergency services system.
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, Nakisha, the word ministry uh, is in the name of your organization. Uh, so how does faith inform the work that you do there? How How do you demonstrate faith and, and a commitment to God in, in what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, one of our guiding scriptures is Matthew 2540. And and whatever you have done to the least of these, my people, you have also done to me. And and that guides much of the work that we do at Sam Ministries. We believe that the The face of hope is a person who believes in you. And so we treat everyone who comes to us for assistance with dignity and compassion. We encourage spiritual wellness as a part of overall health and well-being. Um, And internally, we provide similar resources, both in terms of um, counseling and and prayer to our staff who receive the secondary trauma of the clients that they engage with. So it's not just external or forward-facing ministry, but also internal in terms of taking care of our staff as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit more about what y'all do in the prevention side, kind of the the strategies, the the resources you use or employ to really prevent homelessness in the first place.
1: Sure. So we look at sustainability of the families and individuals that come to us around homeless prevention resources. Maybe it's mom or dad who have a full-time job, but someone got sick and they missed a paycheck or two, and now they had to choose between paying the rent or um, paying the car note and if they don't pay the car note then they can't get back and forth to work, right? And so they'll pay that car note and worry about the rent later. Mm -hmm. Um, Our homeless prevention program really evaluates household incomes and sustainability and we've seen great success in that program. Ninety five percent of the households that we provide that one time intervention for remain stable for 18 to 24 months after that intervention. They're working, they're going to school, they're 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 doing all that they can to make the ends meet. And so that's really uh, the logic behind that homeless prevention program, is that we want to support or provide that financial safety net um, for those families.
2: Mm -hmm. Nikisha, how do you guys coordinate with government agencies, nonprofits, businesses uh, to address the the complex issue of homelessness in San Antonio? Because, I mean, you guys aren't the only organization working on this. There's many. How do you guys collaborate? Uh, Because collaboration is a wonderful word in principle, but making that happen is a challenge. So talk about that.
1: So we have some great partners. Um, Locally, we have what we consider to be a collaborative homeless response system. And so every other week, I sit on a call for 90 minutes with the city of San Antonio and Bexar County and our friends at Haven for Hope and our local um, continuum of care agency, the South Alamo Regional Alliance for the Homeless, and others in this space, SA Hope Center and Christian Assistance Ministry and, and Corazon San Antonio. And we're all collaborating around the city's Strategic Homeless Implementation Plan and how we advance the objectives of that plan, uh, we know that we are better together. And so by spending 90 minutes every other week focused on the topics relative to how are we going to reduce unsheltered homelessness, how are we going to address the issue of unhoused families, um, we're able to move the needle and advance that work.
2: Yeah, well, I'm so glad you do that. Yeah, that's uh, the, There's a lot of cities that want to do that that can't get it done. And mm-hmm. I think San Antonio is unique we're a big city, but we're a small town. Absolutely. And ar- arrangements like that, collaborations like that, I've seen not only in, in your space, but in other spaces as well. I just think that speaks well to our community that, you know, we're, we're, we're still small enough and nimble enough to make those kinds of arrangements mm-hmm. uh, happen that may not be able to happen other ways. Uh, how do you ensure the safety and well-being of those that are in your transitional housing?
1: Sure. Transitional Living and Learning Center um, really is um, designed to foster Follow the housing first model, and so what that means is we bring families into us who um, are tremendously vulnerable. They may have come to us directly from street. They may have come to us from uh, a domestic violence situation or some other sheltered environment. Um, so we have little signage um, there's not much fanfare from the street when you drive by um, to identify the location to ensure that if there are survivors of, of family violence that they aren't advertised that they're on display there mm-hmm. uh, beyond that we have an 11 p.m. curfew um, at the facility so um, unless a family or a, unless a working adult is working or in a class that's going to keep them out past 11 p.m. Um, then everyone is expected to be in the facility by 11 p.m. that's seven days a week, so weekends included. Um, We also do not allow the use of drugs or alcohol on site. That is to protect the safety of children. Um, Whenever there is an incident where violence is a factor, we evaluate those things. Our first effort is never to um, exit a family from the program because maybe an abuser comes on site or or maybe someone slips and falls and has um, uh, an indiscretion, whatever that looks like. We want to help connect those families with the resources that they need to heal and overcome the trauma that they have experienced. But Keeping children safe is at the root of what we do there, um, and so we're never going to allow for any activity or behavior um, that can can potentially be harmful to children. Mm.
2: If you've just joined us, uh, this is Together for Good, brought to you by Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio, and I'm your host, Cody Knowlton. Today, our guest is Nakisha Baker. She's the president and CEO of Sam Ministries, and Nikisha has been sharing her knowledge, her rich knowledge, about homelessness in San Antonio and telling us about uh, the programs that Sam has in place uh, to help alleviate it. Uh, Nikisha, homelessness is often interconnected with other issues, such as mental health, substance abuse, poverty how does SAM Ministries address these underlying factors and provide kind of more holistic support to individuals experiencing
1: homelessness? Well, I stand on the shoulders of giants. And so our founder, Reverend Dr. Lewis Zabinden, um, uh, 40 years ago saw that homelessness was a symptom of a larger problem. And so while we provide housing and shelter and those kinds of services, unless you address the root cause um, that led someone to homelessness, you haven't really given them um, what they need to be self-sufficient for the long term. And so Sam Ministries provides a holistic and comprehensive suite of support services that wrap around the families and individuals that we serve. Everything from access to mental health counseling, to psychiatric services, uh, to physical health care on site, and, and and dental care on site at our facilities. Um, ID recovery, small things that make a huge difference in a, a person's ability to stand on their own two feet. Um, we Uh, utilize evidence-based practices like motivational interviewing and and, and so many things to find out what an individual's goals are for their own life. Because we know that if you are happy and fulfilled with what you are doing, then you can actively move forward. It's difficult to be in a job that you loathe, right? I I don't want to get up and go there every day. But if we can connect you to something that you are passionate about, that enables you to earn a living wage, your ability to do that for the long term is so much greater. And so by providing supportive services, our goal really is to help those that we serve become self-sufficient.
2: Mm -hmm. Nakisha, are there any unique approaches uh, that you guys use to tackle homelessness in San Antonio and and uh, kind of part of that? How does that differ or or even complement other programs in our
1: city? Sure. So one of the um, most intriguing programs that I think that we have that is different and uh, and separate and apart is our non-congregate low barrier shelter. And there's been lots of controversy around that program, um, but it is designed as a complement to what happens on the campus at Haven for Hope. Individuals who may not be able to engage in a congregate shelter setting have an opportunity to receive the same set of supportive services, but in a space that is all their own, mm-hmm. um, an opportunity to thrive for individuals who have high acuity needs. Uh, SAM Ministries work is trauma informed, and so we operate from that space, recognizing histories of past trauma and how they impact an individual's life. Um, we are, uh, again, housing first, which means we believe that housing is a fundamental right, and if we can help Individuals get into housing and then address the issues that led them to become homeless. That they are, are going to be better in the long term. And so, we spend a lot of time looking at the research and studying the models and evaluating what um, the principles are. But ultimately, we want to um, build self sufficiency.
2: Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. How do y'all measure the impact uh, of what you're doing? Uh, I'm sure a lot of it isn't measurable, but you know that which you can measure. What do you? How do you do that?
1: So we measure some things like increase in education and Mm -hmm. increase in income, which can be connection to both cash and non-cash benefits, right? Um, If a family is not connected to SNAP benefits for food, um, but we can connect them to that, that's a resource um, that they can rely on for the long term. Um, Beyond that, we measure overall well-being. And so we survey our clients at uh, program entry for things like um, their demographic and, and what are they feeling about themselves or their children. What are their struggles? And so really to get, um, and there's a fancy schmancy word for that, biopsychosocial assessment, right? Um, but at the end of it, um, what we're really looking to measure is, are we able to get families and individuals on a pathway to self-sufficiency? Um, are we able to equip them with the skills that they need to remain self-sufficient for the long term? So the two biggest things that I am focused on is housing um, and recidivism, right? Mm-hmm. So the number of individuals who are returning to homelessness, and if we can minimize that number and maximize the number of folks that we are getting into permanent housing, then we are ultimately being successful.
2: That's right. That's right. Can you share some success stories? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you've got plenty, but uh, one or two that you know, just resonate with you.
1: Um, so two of my favorite. Um, one of our um, current board members uh, actually was a client at our Transitional Living and Learning Center um, with three small children. Um, she is now a Ph.D. candidate it wow. um, and wow. has um, two children who uh, are actively enrolled in college, right, um, came to us from a, a situation of family violence mm. and really worked the program um, and was able to get her own uh, bachelor's degree uh, and then go on to pursue a master's degree after she exited the program and set her children up for success. Um, that's the value of our Transitional Living and Learning Center is that it's not just about the adult, right, and getting them to earn a living wage, but if we can show children that college or skills or trades or vocations um, are realistic opportunities, then we can help them break the cycle of poverty for the long term. Um, another one of my favorites is uh, just this past May, I received a graduation announcement from a mom, and it was not addressed directly to me, but Sam Ministries generally from a mom who had lived at the Transitional Living and Learning Center. Her daughter was graduating from TMI and going on to Texas A and M. Um, phenomenal story, right? I did not know the family when they were there, but um, really she just wanted to share, this is the impact that, that, that this has had on my family. Um, it's it's remarkable work.
2: Boy, the, and the ripple effect from that, generation after generation, is just, you'll never know, but I can predict that good things are ahead for that family, for Absolutely. sure, thanks yeah. to what you guys are doing. Are there any persistent issues, Nikisha, surrounding homelessness in San Antonio that you think probably aren't going to go away?
1: You know, I think one of the struggles that we face is around um, wanting to um, alleviate, eliminate homelessness Um, until we can eliminate some of our other social ills, like systemic inequities and underserved communities. Then we're always going to have an issue of homelessness. It's how we address that cause. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that is most scary to me is that individuals think they just want to be homeless. They don't want to work. That's almost never the case. Mm. And so as a community, if we can begin to overcome that stereotype um, and really focus on the people, I think we can make the difference that we need.
2: Yeah. How does Sam Ministries ensure uh, that its services and programs are accessible and inclusive to all individuals, re- regardless of their background or their circumstances?
1: Absolutely. We um, we genuinely focus on diversity, equity and inclusion, um, serving individuals and families of all faith backgrounds um, uh, or of no faith backgrounds mm-hmm. um, we do outreach into the community um, we work with landlords who are having uh, tenants who have issues and so we go above and beyond to ensure that the community is aware of the services that we provide um, you name it where someone might engage with uh, a homeless services opportunity on the campus at Haven for Hope on the grounds at Christian Assistance Ministries um, in the Day Center at um, at Grace Lutheran Sam Ministries has staff there um, working with clients and And while it's easy to say we don't see color, we don't see race, we don't see those kinds of things, I think it is unequivocally true of our staff. They see people Hmm. who need help and they want to help.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: How can the community
2: come alongside y'all? I mean, what what do you need? Um, uh, money, obviously, but uh, products or, or volunteer opportunities. Talk about how the community can engage with you.
1: Sure. Sam Ministries relies on the community to offset about a million and a half dollars in expense every year. Those are things like sheets and towels, pillows and blankets um, that we're providing to the unsheltered and those who are also in shelter. Um, throughout the course of the year, we um, highlight things like now is back to school. And so even though school just got out, we're already focused on equipping the children in our programs with school supplies, but also clothing and shoes and and, and things that, that many others take for granted. And so donation drives of those items are always needed and necessary for us. We also were formed by volunteers, and we rely on up to 3,000 volunteers a year to come in and provide services on site um, in our programs, everything from meals to counseling to book and Bible studies to childcare. And so all of those are things that the community can do to help ensure the success of those we serve
2: yeah how can they reach you how can they uh, do one of these things i mean volunteer or give or donate
1: www.sam.org okay or give us a call and
2: that's s-a-m-m
1: s-a-m-m dot org okay or give us a call at 210-340-0302 And we can get you connected to our donation station or our volunteer team to ensure that you are engaged in the most appropriate way.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Nikisha. we're so grateful for what you do. And we can't say that enough. It's hard work. It's not glamorous work. Uh, It is definitely a calling. And we're grateful you do what you do. We're grateful that you've been in our community and now with Sam for a number of years. So you're you're in it for the long haul. You you understand our community, you understand this organization, and um, we're just... Grateful for you. Thank We're you. Grateful for you and for Sam. So, let me offer a word of prayer as we end today, and um, we just want to we want to thank the Lord for you guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you uh, for Sam Ministries. Thank you for Nikesha and her leadership, her board, uh, people that are coming alongside to donate to volunteer. We, we just lift up uh, this organization to you, Father, and ask that you bless them. Uh, we pray for uh, the individuals and families that are currently appreciating and enjoying the the services that Sam Ministries is providing to them we just pray for their uh their their story as it continues to unfold, the journey that they're on and where they go from where they are currently. And so we just lift them up. Pray for those that are getting ready to enter Sam Ministries uh, and all that it can do. Um, they're they're in crisis. Uh, they're issue-laden, and we just know Sam can help. And Lord, we just pray for our community as it has its needs and its uh, issues. And we just are so grateful for Sam. Go with us this day, Lord, and uh, we love you in what Uh, you have us doing and in our respective organizations. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Nakeisha, thank you for being with us today as we uh, tell more about Sam Ministries and the work you guys are doing. Homelessness is such a complex and vulnerable issue, and we appreciate your loving and faith-filled approach to solving it, and that comes through uh, with what you've said today. We want to thank our listeners. We hope you've been encouraged by the work being done in our community to improve the lives of our neighbors. Uh, Again, you can always catch our episodes anywhere you get your podcast, or by visiting our website, and that's Baptist Health Foundation of San Antonio, bhfsa.org/slash together for good. So we'll wrap up today. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great conversation about health matters and the work of our nonprofits in our area. Stay safe, be healthy, and God bless.
1: Thank you for tuning in today for Together for Good. We hope you've been encouraged, uplifted, and inspired. Until our next time together, may the Lord bless and keep you. And in all things, to God be the glory.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets.
2: He was one of the most respected generals in the military.
0: Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.